The shingles virus typically has its greatest impact on older populations. A vaccine for adult shingles was approved in 2006, but recent data show delivery of the vaccine has been a challenge. With baby boomers nearing the age of greatest risk, could we see a rise in the case of shingles? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School. And our guests today are Dr. William Schaffner, professor and chair of preventive medicine at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine and vice president of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, and Dr. Michael Oxman, professor of medicine and pathology at the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine. Dr. Oxman is also national chair of the Shingles Prevention Study. Dr. Schaffner and Oxman, welcome. Hello, Mark. Hi, Mark. It's a pleasure to be with you. Today we are discussing the vaccine for adult shingles and broader concerns about future immunization rates. Gentlemen, it's been some time after this vaccine was approved. Are there any concerns about its efficacy? I don't think there are concerns about its efficacy. The data that we generated with this VA cooperative study, the Shingles Prevention Study, is pretty definitive. It involved 38,500 people 60 and over, half of whom got vaccine and half of whom got placebo in a double-blind study, which is a pretty large number of people to try it in, and it gave unequivocal efficacy, both reducing the burden of illness, the total uh, misery produced by shingles in the population, and by reducing the incidence of post-hepatic neuralgia, the prolonged pain syndrome that complicates zoster in a number of older people by two-thirds. How can we really improve our dialogue with the patients and educate them about this vaccine? This is Schaffner. It takes time. You or someone in your office needs to take the time to introduce patients to the concept of shingles. Actually, If they've ever known anyone with shingles, they know all about it and they would love to prevent it. And then tell them about the new vaccine and currently the rigmarole you have to go through in order to take advantage of the vaccine. Our doctors here at Vanderbilt have found that if you just take a few minutes and go through that process, the patients are very receptive to receiving the vaccine. I wish we could make it easier on a national level so that Patients could receive this physician readily in a doctor's office just the same way they receive influenza vaccine. Well, let's talk about influenza vaccine for a second. What's the history in the past of how long it took patients to really be accepting of taking the influenza vaccine? At the moment, we vaccinate about 65% of people age 65 and over on an annual basis against influenza. We do it in physicians' offices some in their workplace, and many go to pharmacies and self-standing clinics to be vaccinated. So it's required an organized effort on the part of many elements of medical care, but also patients have had to be educated about the importance of influenza and its prevention and not wishing to get the complications. This is Mike Oxman here. This has taken decades to accomplish And one thing that I think is worth pointing out, and this is the problem when you run into any kind of complications, even with reimbursement, is that studies have indicated that both with, in pediatrics and in adult medicine, that if the doctor enthusiastically recommends a vaccine, it's likely to be accepted. 
But if the doctor is neutral or has doubts or isn't enthusiastic in recommending it, it's likely not to be used. And so one of the first steps is to have enthusiastic support of adult immunization by physicians. And one of the disappointments that I have, having tried to educate physicians for a long time, is that over the country, fewer than half of the healthcare providers are themselves getting influenza vaccination, even though it's recognized that vaccinating the healthcare providers protects the patients from being infected by healthcare providers. Well, why do you think that is? I think many healthcare providers first don't realize that that's the reason they should get vaccinated. That is to protect their patients so they don't give influenza to their patients. So we have to make that message clearer. Second, there's just indifference. Thirdly, there's some concern about the annual effectiveness of influenza vaccine because obviously we have to change the vaccine on an annual basis to keep up with that fickle and changing influenza virus. This is not true with varicella. Varicella virus is very, very stable. So giving the shingles vaccine should protect patients for a long period of time. And I think the rationale is different. Now we just have to arrange it so that the doctor who's educating, administering, responding to queries after administration can get paid. I don't like to call it reimbursement. I think they should get paid for this clear medical service. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. William Schaffner, professor and chair of preventive medicine at Vanderbilt University, and Dr. Michael Oxman, professor of medicine and pathology at the University of California, San Diego. We are discussing the vaccine for adult shingles and broader concerns about future immunization rates. Gentlemen, do you think we are overwhelming our patients? I don't think so. I think we're underwhelming them. I think it takes a strong, efficient, short message to register the physician's enthusiasm for preventing infectious disease with available vaccines. I agree completely with Mike. I don't think uh, we're overwhelming our patients at all. I find patients very receptive to the attention physicians and nurses give to them in the prevention of illness. Heck, when you reach a certain age, prevention becomes ever more important. Do you think that physicians are recognizing this and transmitting it to the patients? Not adequately. I agree again. I think we have to do much more to educate physicians and make it easy and worthwhile for them to provide that service to their patients. Now, in the past number of years, even as a surgeon, I have patients come to me spontaneously and ask me, well, Dr. Hill, should I get the influenza vaccine? Do you think and do you predict that this will happen with the shingles vaccine, where patients be the initiating factor in wanting this vaccine? You bet. Absolutely. I think we see this already in a minor key. Obviously, the media have not talked about the shingles vaccine as extensively as they do the influenza vaccine, but in my limited practice and in my social circle, I've received questions about the shingles vaccine already. What about the manufacturers of the treatment of shingles? In other words, improving its efficacy so perhaps 
it can be decrease in the amount of post-hepatic neuralgia? I don't think that there's much room to do that unless we learn how to diagnose shingles before the rash. In the shingles prevention study, because when you do a legitimate clinical trial, your first obligation is still to the individual subject as your patient. We provided state-of-the-art care for people who had zoster. We provided without cost famcyclovir for everyone who was eligible, who we thought had shingles and came in early enough. We made great efforts to bring people in early, partly to evaluate them and partly because treatment is not effective when it's delayed. And despite that, we had an enormous problem, or the patients had still had very significant problems with shingles and post-herpetic neuralgia. So that the problem is that by the time you can make the diagnosis, which means by the time the rash appears, a lot of the nerve damage that results in post-herpetic neuralgia has already occurred. So I think there's nothing wrong with, if you give famcyclovir or valacyclovir, which are both prodrugs, you get very reliable absorption and very reliable blood levels. Acyclovir, particularly in older people, is less secure and takes a lot more drug. It takes 800 milligrams every four hours, which is cruel and unusual punishment to some degree, and doesn't achieve the same high blood levels that are reliably achieved with either famcyclovir or valacyclovir. But even then, unless we have a way of diagnosing the disease before the rash appears, I don't think there's a lot of room to improve the care with antiviral therapy. Now, it may be possible to add to antiviral therapy some other things that can alter the nerve damage. People have tried this with corticosteroids, and that's failed miserably. Corticosteroids do not prevent the development of post-hepatic neuralgia and have a lot of problems inherent in their use, particularly in older people. No offense as a surgeon, but prevention beats treatment uh, hands down. And as an, <laughs> as, as an infectious diseases specialist, while this trial was underway, I was so impressed with the vaccine as described that my wife and I actually volunteered to be part of the study. When we opened up our envelopes at the end of the study, we were both overjoyed to discover that we had both received the vaccine. So we've both oh. been vaccinated. And I would wish that uh, for everyone age 60 and over in this country. Well, I can tell you with the shingles prevention study, we promised the subjects when they enrolled that if they got placebo and the vaccine worked, we would give them vaccine without cost. We, we've actually done that. Now, I participated in a preliminary study of vaccine efficacy and immunogenicity, rather, and safety. So I got the vaccine. My wife participated as well in the earliest preliminary study, which was a safety study, starting with very low doses. She got the lowest dose of vaccine, the children's vaccine dose, if you will, which is probably not effective. And the first thing I did, since I continue to live at home, is as soon as the vaccine was licensed, I got the hospital pharmacy to order a dose for me, which cost $150. They only charged me 180 for the privilege, and I got it and immediately vaccinated my wife. So both my wife and I have put our deltoids where our mouth is. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I think that uh, 
I agree with Bill that I'm very happy that, that I've had the benefit of the vaccine since sometime around 1998. I want to thank our guests, Dr. William Schaffner and Dr. Michael Oxman. We have been discussing the vaccine for adult shingles and broader concerns about future immunization rates. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill. And you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website, www.reachmd.com, now featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. This ReachMD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O.com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.